It's not safe Before you cross me, look both ways Leaving the scene with no trace None in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going, safe. it's not safe Before you cross me, look both ways Leaving the scene with no trace None in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going, state to state What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back here again with another one. And this one is literally going to just break some reality <laughs> barriers. That's right. Without further ado, let me welcome Miss Reality, the lady from Calabasas, California, just like the Kardashians, Maddie Renkowski, the straight talk wrestling. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I love that tidbit. That's right. I had to let the people know where you're from. They need yeah, to of understand. Course. They have to yeah, understand. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm the official, unofficial for Kardashian sister. So that's right. That's it only right. makes well, sense. And you're probably a lot more level-headed and not as crazy. You don't post drunk YouTube videos of makeup, uh, you know, uh, instructions, and then punch out backgrounds and walls. I saw that video this morning. And that was. Whoop. Oh, you're. You might have to send that to me. I don't think I've seen that one yet. I will. That's on. Um. Oh, which one is it? One of the Kardashian sisters has a YouTube page, and she does like drunk makeup tutorials with her other sister. And they did like nine shots of tequila last night, and they got all kinds of stupid. It's the. That it's sounds the, it's like the twins. my kind of show. It's the twins, the Jenner twins. Uh, Kylie oh, Kylie and Kendall. And Kendall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I gotta, that, I gotta get on that. You gotta get. You have to get on that. You have to. Apparently, but, I need to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but today, it's all about you. It's all about the future of the business. And I consider to you to be one of the ladies that's the future. If anybody doesn't know, they've seen you on AEW Dark multiple times. Most recently, this past Tuesday, you had an incredible match with Vert Vixen and you won. And I believe that's your third appearance on Dark and that is now your first win. So you are one and two. Am I right? Wrong. <laughs> um, I've been on dark, I think maybe five times total. Uh, okay. I had two appearances maybe last year. December. Um, yeah, two appearances in yeah, December. Yeah, right around the end. Yeah. Um, and then my first win that I actually picked up was against uh Leva Bates. Okay. Um, in our second matchup. Right. So she got one, I got one. That's well, um, the, the one she won though was really unfair because there was a book. There was a book that was kind of used and the ref let it slide. And I didn't really appreciate that, Maddie. I did it. I thought it was unfair advantage. He should have said, no, no, I'm not going to pin because you got a super kick in the face with the book in front of your face. That's not really fair. See, yeah, but I'm going to need you to, uh, I'll, I'll try and figure out how I can send you the other match. So you can see, I, I got, I got what was mine. Perfect. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Cause you, I don't know if that was a great career move. You were ripping up the young bucks book and they are, the high ups in AEW, like you were ripping. I know it was a shot at Leva, but you were ripping up the book. Like that's a free well, copy. She, I I would have wanted that. Well, she said that she read it and like that's how she was doing all those super kicks so well. So I just I was seeing if her knowledge. I was putting it to the test because in the second matchup that we had, my good friend and announcer for AEW, Justin Roberts, he came through, um, and his very very hard hitting book. Uh, help me secure a win. Okay. Well, then kudos <laughs> yeah. to Justin Roberts for making that happen. I'm 
<laughs> so I know that um, I know you were trained by Jazz, and now you're trained. Now you're currently training with Jazz and Thunder Rosa at the Dog Pound Dojo. So yeah. I gotta ask this because Jazz is a legend, as is Thunder Rosa, both intense. But I've had Thunder Rosa on the show, and she's all smiles. She's laughable. She has good conversations, and I know she's passing on a wealth of knowledge because I have seen you grow in the matches that I've watched on AEW Dark. But I know Jazz has to be super intense. So this may get you in trouble at the dojo, but I got to ask this question. Who do you prefer training with? Thunder Rosa, Ooh. who's probably just as intense, but a little bit more easygoing? Or the straight-up Jazz, who looks like she rarely smiles unless you really impress her? Um, Love them both equally. But Jazz, uh, me and her have shared a Kardashian connection Okay. Uh, on a trip. We sat and we watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians before we went to a venue. So I definitely, we have that bond, that Kardashian bond, so... Uh, and I got to ask, <laughs> you got to be a little heartbroken, right? The Kardashian, keep it up with the Kardashians. It's ending. It's over. This is the last season. Yes, but it's last season on E! They're moving to Hulu. I think they have more creative freedom there on Hulu or more like say in what goes in the show. And so, they could probably, they could probably there. yeah, and they could probably swear and do a lot more like cooler shit, right? On Hulu. Well, maybe I know like in the beginning season Scott and Rob were like doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff but we don't see them as much anymore they've toned down in their age <laughs> yeah as you get older I mean I myself am, am getting up there but you yourself are not you are just <laughs> the bright uh bushy-tailed bright-eyed age of 21 if I've done my research correct 21 something like that Something like that. Okay. Never ask a woman her age. Never ask a woman her age. I've been told that. But I got to ask, and this is a question that I think you've probably been asked a thousand times before. Where did the love uh -huh. for wrestling start? Where did the passion for the business start? Yeah. Uh, so it actually started with my brother. Um, they, I have three other siblings, but all of us are girls except for my one brother. And so I kind of became my brother's brother. Um, so he found it and he was instantly attached to it and me being my brother's brother, I would watch it with him. And that's kind of how I started watching it. Um, but for sure, team extreme and Lita are the ones that caught our attention, like instantly, um, obviously, and you have to practice on each other. So swanton bombs off of the beds and stuff like, that. <laughs> uh, basically, is what got us there. But then every like Christmas or so, my brother will always get a wrestling game. Okay. Um, so that kind of kept it going. Cause that was like the only game that we would play on any of the consoles. It was just always wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Oh, look, he got a James Bond game, wrestling. <laughs> Throw that James Bond game away. And it's all about wrestling after that. <laughs> So Lita, yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah, well, Lita and Team Extreme, those are great people to obviously idolize and stuff like that. And then when did you decide, though? I mean, that's where you fell in love with it. Those were early influences. But when did you decide and you just turned around and said, you know what, that's it. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm taking the leap and I'm going to go into this crazy business. Yeah. So uh, I was actually in college um, at the time at Texas State University and uh, midterms and finals, they always like get you they get you because like, hey guys this is what we learned and I'm like when I don't remember any of this 
Um, and so I was just like, my brain was hurting and I was like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit school. I'm going to become a wrestler. And my mom's like, no, you're not. You're going to get your degree first before you ruin your life. And I was like, bet. So I got my degree. Uh, I ended up finding a job in the parks, uh, in a state park, uh, Hawaii Volcano National Park. About two or so weeks before I was supposed to go, though, the volcano erupted. Um, and so I considered that a state. Um, and then at that point, I was like, okay, this wasn't meant to be. Um, tried to do it the normal way, but now it's time to do wrestling it just I that was like my the first thing my brain went to like once I was like okay this isn't gonna happen I was like let's find a wrestling school so <laughs> I went uh online the trusty google um and I found out that Booker T uh offers a fantasy camp which is like a three-hour course uh one day out of the weekend and uh basically just gives you a taste of wrestling and I was like I should try it out before I just dive in uh, and I did and I ended up meeting uh, Gino Medina he uh, is with MLW and he's also one of the trainers at Booker T's school and he introduced me to Chris Marvel who is in the city over uh, which is actually where I began my training is that hybrid school of wrestling in San Antonio so okay. it's kind of like just a chain of events right after that so <laughs> we move quick <laughs> That's right. Oh, that, that's huge fate. You're right. Volcano erupts. I'm going to get a little taste. And Gino, I know Gino very, very well. Um, I actually am a big MLW fan. I have a side po podcast called the MLW Rewind. So I know Gino okay. very, very well. And um, uh, I talk about him all the time whenever he's on the show, of course. Uh, he's a great, great talent for sure. Uh, definitely can't wait to see him and Richard Holiday tangle because I know that's yeah. going to happen very <laughs> soon. And um, But that's incredible. So hybrid, you start training there. And yes, I got to ask, because this is always a cool question to ask is character development. When did uh -huh. we literally see the start of Miss Reality? Yeah, so Miss Reality, um, I would say the name kind of is the only thing that was developed. Like um, one of my first seminars at Hybrid was an Eddie Kingston seminar. Um, and the main takeaway I got, not one of the first, the first seminar I ever went to was Eddie Kingston. And the biggest takeaway that I got was that when you go into this business, the people will buy into you. If you're like, if you believe in yourself, if you believe in what you are saying, then the people will be with you. And he basically preached about being real, being who you are, being genuine, um, and that is Miss Reality. I am real. This is me. Uh, if there's something I don't like, I'm going to say it. Uh, like you mentioned a little bit before, like I am very expressive with my face, um, whether that's in the ring, uh, in the stands at Dynamite, like it just, <laughs> it's me. Like it's literally just me. And uh, it kind of just all ties in because it's the realism because it is me, but I also love reality television, which is where the Kardashians come into play. Um, I love them, love the Kardashians. So <laughs> that's why my Twitter is full of Kardashian gifts. 
It is. It really, really is. When I was doing my research, you always want to go back and you want to look at the Twitters. You want to look at the socials. You want to look at what everybody posts and a taste of who they are. Because <laughs> as much as I appreciate the talent level that you have, and I, I really, really do. I'm a big advocate of women's wrestling. I'm a proud girl dad. I have two wonderful little girls, my 11-year-old, who is all kinds of sass, all kinds of sarcasm, a budding teenager, and uh, the reason why my hairline is all the way back here when it used to be somewhere around here, and my four-year-old, who is um, the future of wrestling. She has the best arm bar in the game. She has almost made me tap out on numerous occasions, and I have taught her, I don't know much about wrestling, but I taught her how to do an arm bar and I've almost got her on a sleeper. And let me tell you, she can really put the pressure on a sleeper. And I've had to a couple, and she's only four and I'm not afraid That's to admit terrifying. it. My four-year-old daughter has kicked <laughs> my ass and I am okay with that. I am okay that with that. <laughs> slightly terrifying, but yes. <laughs> Don't worry. She's coming, Maddie, before you know it, 10, 15 years down the road, she's coming. So if you rock yeah, any I kind of gold, you're going to see her in a ring very soon. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about a typical day at um, Dog Pound Dojo. What is training like for you over there? You get in, you put your stuff down, you get geared up. And what do we do on a typical day of training over there? Um, so one of the, I think, great things about the Dog Pound Dojo, uh, having Thunder and Jazz and Rodney Mack is they bring different aspects to it. So no day is really the same. Like we usually start off with warmups, which are like rolls, like in the ring to get your body loose so you don't get hurt. Uh, but then some days Thunder will come in and she'll be like, hey, we're gonna do our warmups like they do in Japan. And then we're standing on top of like the top rope doing squats and running and doing burpees and blowing ourselves up basically. But then you have days like, for instance, uh, yesterday at the dog pound, uh, it was Rodney and Rodney was in charge uh, because the other coaches had places to be. Um, Rodney was in charge and they did our, we did our warm up, and then we did a drill, so to speak. It wasn't, I wouldn't really call it a drill because it was intense. It was scary. It was scary <laughs> to watch. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, basically two people are in the ring and you are trying to pin your opponent uh you're like wrestling like amateur wrestling basically so you're grappling uh no strikes no submissions you're just wrestling with your opponent trying to pin them to the ground and it was intense like you got these big boys like 230 plus like trying to throw each other down like i was scared someone's knee was gonna like like it was safe, but it was, I'm, uh, I overreact as you have seen in my face on dynamite. <laughs> That's true. And you're, you're mentioning that because yesterday was St. Patty's day and we know that the <laughs> teachers had somewhere to be, especially one of them who, uh, literally had hands down, probably the best match I have ever seen on a dynamite. And I'll put that on wax right now. Your guru, your, uh, dojo leader, well, one third of your dojo leaders, Thunder Rosa threw it down in that lights out unsanctioned match against Britt Breaker. And you were sitting right in the front row, right before I pushed record, we talked about your face. And it's funny because when I, I took a video last night and posted it on my socials, and if you look at the video really close and you pause it, it's right where Thunder Rosa drops Britt Baker in the thumbtacks. And then she tries to roll her up and they get the other angle. All you see is your face behind Thunder Rosa and you're like, <laughs> just the biggest 
over-exaggerated <laughs> smile. I was laughing my ass off. I was like, oh, I can't wait to sit down and talk with her about that. That was so how was it though being front row for that yeah. gore fest? Like, let's talk about um, that. It, it was terrifying. Um, because just when you thought like it wouldn't get any worse, um, it does. They bring a ladder out, and just when you didn't think it could get worse than that, they bring tax out and like in that instance I was like okay yeah she just power bombed her onto tax like what about your hands like that has to hurt and I was like mm. like I don't I don't know how she's doing it and then all of a sudden like I just see thunder go like this and I'm like she got it in her hands I knew she shouldn't be going she shouldn't be walking around with her hands down <laughs> like ugh. like I get a paper cut and I'm like ow <laughs> they're tough they're very tough I was scared for Britt Baker's life at the end um it thunder killed her but I guess she posted a tweet and she's like ah you didn't kill me and I was like mm. she almost had her <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what when you see matches like that and you're up and coming yourself and you're getting your spots and you're making the right decisions and your career is going the right way when you see spots like that and you see the barriers like you're in a time period right now where women are no longer second fiddle. They haven't been second fiddle in this business for a very long time. And I, I, I love I love the AEW product, but I love Dark. And now I love Evolution a little bit more. And why? Because we get to see amazing characters like you guys coming up. You get the spots. You get a chance to avoid, avoid, uh, perform in front of a live audience. And you get the chance to hone your craft while having all these major names watching you around the ring, watching you in the back. Yeah. And I got to say, this past Tuesday's match against Vert Vixen, now you both train at the dojo together. So it's no secret that when you train together, you hit each other a little bit harder. And you definitely did not hold back either of you in that match. And you, you won with the axe kick on the back. And I got to tell you, I heard that kick. I knew it landed. <laughs> I knew she dropped. And I knew it was over. And I got to say your your agility and your kicks i mean you're already a pretty tall you're pretty you got long legs and that your yes. legs are dangerous and that kick i heard that when i when she went down i was like damn i think she might have dislocated some <laughs> ribs but like where where does the um when you're telling a story in the ring in front of that kind of a crowd and you're hyped up and you know what it could lead to do you find yeah. yourself really more judgmental on your passion in those situations, do you go back and rewatch those matches and go, okay, that was a great spot, but I could have been a little cleaner there. I kind of was on tight there. Are you over judgmental, especially in those moments like that, when you're on a dark and you're, you're honing your craft and you know, you've got a lot of eyes on you because everyone from dark, we look at Leah Hirsch, you had a match with her. She signed, she's now all elite. Yeah. So we know that dark, yeah. if you work your ass off in dark, you can go to the main roster. And I know there's a spot there for you, I'm going to put it on wax right now and say there is a spot there for you. Miss Reality will be there. Literally, the AEW women's division cannot be without you. I'm going to stop using literally now. I've punned it out enough. But um, I like it. Okay, then I'll keep punning it. For, no problem. Done. We're punning for the we'll, rest we'll of the We'll just have a count. Yeah, we'll have a count. So that's count. three. I've done three puns right now. But do you find yourself a little bit more judgmental when you go back and you watch those matches and you, you sit there and you kind of pick, do you pick yourself apart a lot in those situations? 
Um, I think just being at AEW in general, uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself before I go out and while I'm in and after the fact, because these people are like top athletes in this business and they are watching you in the stands and they are judging you because at like, yes, we're there right now as uh, like, I don't want to say extras, but extras, like we're being brought in to like fight with their talent. We're not signed. We don't have as like a secured spot there. Like we are very temporary. And these people know that, like you said, like Layla came in, she was on dark and she ended up getting a contract. So these people that are signed, that are watching me perform, they are very aware that how us temporary workers or someone to call us jobbers like it's a cuss word or whatever like at least I got a job anyways um anyways <laughs> uh but yeah like they are very aware that we are gunning for their spots and just as aware as they are of that I am aware that they know that <laughs> like they know that I'm a threat uh, so it is very scary because they're waiting for me to mess up because they want me to mess up. Once I mess up, then they'll feel a little bit safer. They'll feel a little more secure in their contracts once time comes up for to renew or not. But as long as me, uh, I can only speak for myself, but hopefully my other Texas girls, as long as we keep showing AEW who we are and what we're made out of, we are going to keep that sign talent, those sign talents like on their toes. Like they need to be scared for their jobs because we are out there and we are showing out. So it is very terrifying because I feel like every minute I am being judged while I am there. And you know what? It's not very a bad thing. Yeah, well, it's not a bad <laughs> thing. It's not a bad thing to be judged. And I think that that terror that adds a little bit of fire because you know what's at the end of the rainbow. You know you have a long journey ahead of you because it took Leah quite a bit before she got that contract but it's not impossible and when you see somebody evolve from dark to the main roster you know that the goal the mindset yeah. is clear and you have a great mindset for that and i honestly and yeah truly, i honestly and truly believe that there's a spot for you there and i can't wait to see you tangle with uh, uh brit breaker i can't wait to see you tangle with a rabba or re sorry uh re re rebel if I'm saying it right, I'm not sure how she pronounces it. I'm not sure what her... <laughs> But I can't wait. I can't wait to see you tangle with Leah Hirsch again. I can't wait to see you tangle with um, you know, list goes uh, the list goes on on and on. Rio, uh Mitu uh there's a lot of Japanese names I don't want to pronounce them wrong, but there's a lot of incredible crop of talent. And yeah. I can't wait to see you mix it up with that. I can't wait to see you take on your teacher. I can't wait to see. When Miss Reality goes at Thunder Rosa, because does the student become the master? Like these are situations and stories <laughs> that that cause for some yeah. great excitement. They do. They absolutely do. But I was actually speaking to one of your opponents a couple of days ago, and her episode is going to drop right before yours. You know, she came on to Straight Talk. Let me see if you recognize this pun. She came on to Straight Talk and she kind of gave it a little bit of a tune up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I sat down with Amber Nova and we discussed your match um, at Hurricane mm. Pro Queens of the Ring 2. And yeah, 
<laughs> I absolutely love that match. That's where I discovered both of you. I was surfing YouTube. I went down this YouTube rabbit hole and I was surfing YouTube <laughs> and I stumbled upon that match. And I was like, okay, I know Amber Nova. I recognize her from NXT. I've recognized her from Impact. I'm like, but who is, yeah. who is this? Who is this young whippersnapper? Because I'm, I'm they're almost 37. So everybody's a young whippersnapper. I'm not a young whippersnapper anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a intellectual being of, kind of dad-like intelligence literally that's how i see myself but uh, that's number four but um that match was fantastic i loved everything about that match i love the story you guys told and what i love about you is your intensity as soon as that bell rings you are go you are full tilt you don't give a shit who's in front of you you're either going to run over them run through them or run around them to get that win and the story that was told did not work out for you well that night. You got a Nova driver and you ended up losing that match. But I got to say, 13 minutes, bell to bell, nonstop action. And I also love the amount of shit you talked in the ring. Oh, hey, listen, my car is outside. Can you give me an oil change? I was like, this kid, this kid. <laughs> <laughs> but talk, to, really me about Amber, talk to me about Amber Nova. Talk to me about that match. I know you remember it well. Um, yeah, I was also terrified. Uh, it was very early on in my career. Uh, I think three months, uh, into my independent, I guess, career. Uh, so I was terrified because again, just like you, I heard about her, uh, seen her work, uh, on YouTube. And so I was, I was a little bit terrified. I wasn't sure what I was going to be up against. Um, unfortunately it did not go in my favor this time um but yeah no it was definitely interesting I don't think that anyone that I had faced before did that kind of lucha style um so it definitely threw me for a loop I would say uh <laughs> because again like before I was my first match ever was a student versus trainer match with me and jazz and jazz does not um jazz does not do that stuff no. Um, she beat the crap out of me, yes. uh, but at least she didn't like jump on the rope, uh, grab my head and then slam my head into the buckle with her feet somehow. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how Amber did that, but she did it. Um, <laughs> definitely got, she's definitely got that little bit of flexibility and her speed is very underwhelming, but also so is yours. Yeah. And like I say, three months in your career, you couldn't tell, you couldn't tell. You went out there with poise and charisma and you handled yourself well. And that I think shows who you were trained by. That shows that you're, you're, you're one of those individuals that goes in, you put in the work. And if that was only three months into your career, that was pretty damn fucking impressive. And I've seen you evolve yeah. and grow from there. And that's not me. That's not me. I say this all the time. I'm not putting puns just because you're on my show. I'm not gonna say, oh, Maddie's on my show. I gotta, I gotta be nice to her. No. If there's something that I feel needs to be said, I will say it. Listen, I sat down with Moose. And the first thing I said to Moose was, I was never really a fan. But then you had a couple good matches lately. And I got to say, I'm impressed. I actually want to say I'm a fan. And he was kind of like, oh, well, thank you. I was like, eh, no problem. <laughs> it is what it is. That's why it's called Straight Talk Wrestling. I don't post any punches. I'm straight up. And I'm going to say it how it needs to be said. Because that's what we do here. We literally straight talk it up. That's number five. I've already done one hand. That's good. That's good. Okay. So you said jazz doesn't 
do the fancy luchador stuff. So now you've got somebody like Jazz, who's a ground and pounder, a submissions expert. And then you've got Thunder Rosa, who's got the luchador background. She's also a great submission expert. She's got incredible power. And then you got Rodney Mack. You literally got ground and pound. I will hurt you 20 ways from Sunday with my fists and my feet. You've got, I can show you speed and fly around the ring. And then you've got Roddy right in the middle who I can just show you power. I can show you how to smack yeah. somebody. So they fly across the ring and it hurts. So yes. now you've got this trifecta. So what is yeah. Maddie working on currently right now? Because I call these situations level up moments. It's when yeah, you're, yeah. you're looking at everything that you've accomplished already. You're looking at what's in your arsenal and you sit there and you think, you know what? I got to add something. I've got to add that next layer to evolve to the next stage of my career. Are you currently working on anything that we might see in a future dark? Are we working on more high flying stuff? Are we working on more maybe moonsaults, maybe, you know, luchador styles, or are we just going to stick to what we've seen, (laughs) but add a little Texas flavor to it? I mean, I definitely cannot say that you're going to see me do like a moonsault or a backflip or anything like that anytime soon. Um, (laughs) It took a lot of convincing for me to get my feet off the ground in the first place. Okay. Um, So uh, definitely not that, but I do have to agree with you. um, Because again, I did start at hybrid and um, with Chris Marble, he's very technical um, he had a seminar um, one time where he brought in Jazz, Rodney, Funaki, and then they ended up joining Hybrid School of Wrestling. And so that whole beginning when I was figuring out how to wrestle and how I wrestle, I had Jazz and Rodney with that killer instinct, like killer be killed, like know how to protect yourself if you need to if some girl wants to get cute with you get cute back and not actually cute um and then Funaki who is incredible like he is an incredible person and he is an incredible trainer like to get to have like one day we had like one training day that I asked for where it was just specifically like him me and like two other girls and like right after he made me like almost want to throw up with how many rolls we did in a row because he's like if something happens in the ring and you accidentally get hit and you're like dizzy and you're discombobulated like what are you gonna do like you can't just give up and so he made us do like these diamond rolls and I thought I was going to throw up and he's like okay are you ready to practice I was like what that wasn't it Like the only time, the only time I have ever thrown up during training is literally doing roles. Like they have put us through like hell with cardio, um, matches, everything like that is fine. And then the two times I've thrown up two times during training and each time it was doing rolls, just rolls on rolls on rolls. And that is why I don't go on uh, roller coasters. you're such a baby you're such a baby it's not that bad I'm like no trust me (laughs) it's that bad (laughs) you're like me uh I have uh I don't go on roller coasters either because I don't like that feeling that you get in your stomach I don't like right and that's exactly I don't like it I don't like I don't I feel you I think um I think you and I are on the same wavelength 
Roller coasters <laughs> are not okay, and they should not be allowed. <sighs> no, I hate them. I hate them so much. Like, why would you want to feel like that? Because there are like, people out there who are sick and demented people. Maddie, that's the problem. That is true. They're sick and demented. That is people. true. Anybody that rides a roller coaster, <laughs> you adrenaline junkie assholes, you've ruined the world for the rest of us. So let's talk exactly. about uh, your let's talk about your home life for a second. So let's go circle back <laughs> to that situation. So you got your degree. What what did you get your degree in school in? What was the degree? We didn't. I didn't hear that. Oh uh, yeah, it was a biology degree uh, with a certification in wildlife. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Very yeah. very cool. So you're about to go, you know, to that national park, volcano erupts, and then bam, mom, I'm going to be a wrestler. Mom told you to get your degree <laughs> when things didn't work out yeah. with, with the job. You went and said, okay, so I got the degree. It's here. Look, fancy piece of paper we paid a lot of money for right here. Now I'm going to go do what I want to do. What was mom's yeah. reaction to that? Actually, first off, give me your brother's reaction and then give me your mom's reaction. Cause I know they were definitely polar opposites. See, um, surprisingly they were not um all my family is super supportive uh, my family is always behind me i guess i could say um they always at my shows whenever they can be so even when i'm doing like the worst things in the world to try and win there's always like my dad chanting my name i'm like Thanks, man. <laughs> Always in the back, decked out in like his literally shirt, his welcome to reality mask, like everything. Um, we just made him a sweatshirt too. So he'll probably be donning that at some point. <laughs> We're going to have to get him but, in the, uh, in the dark with that shirt, sweatshirt. We're going to have to get him in the front row for sure. Maybe. But yeah, so they're all very, very supportive. Um, my brother actually designs my gear and my mom makes it. Um, so it's a very hands-on family experience. And so I definitely am fortunate enough to have that uh, support system behind me. And I think that's what's helped me get to where I am because wrestling is definitely mentally draining. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it's been a trying time this year, right? I mean, we're talking, yes. <laughs> we're talking, you know, 2019, uh, you had that match with, um, you know, Amber. So you're three months in and then COVID hits. So you're literally about a year in COVID hits, stonewalls, everything, but the States is doing a lot more for that. I give kudos where credit is because where I'm from in Canada, we haven't had a show in a year and a half and I haven't, yeah. there haven't been restrictions have not been lifted. There hasn't been a show to go to. Uh, and I'm hoping I can't wait for the summertime to come because at least then we can do parking lot shows, which would be great. Uh, yeah. Social distance, of course. But um, you guys are all still kind of steadily working when work is there and you're doing all these things. And um, then you get the spots on dark. And again, another great match that you had on dark that I want to touch on is the match you had with Leela Hirsch. Uh, you lost to that devastating arm breaker that she puts on. And, yeah. you know, Leah, it's funny because a lot of people, when they see Leah, they think automatically, oh, okay, she's four foot nothing. There's no problem. You had the height advantage, but the height advantage does not help when somebody else has the power game that she has. Yeah. So yeah. How, is it, how is it tangling with somebody like her and then you tangle with Leva Bates twice? And that is somebody who's been in the business for a very long time and has a very uh, a big history. And then you're, you know, you're wrestling Nova. Your first match was against jazz. Like you've literally yeah. been 
in the ring <laughs> with people who are all different styles. And yes. every time I see you go up against somebody that has that different style, I see you come back and you incorporate that style. I noticed a lot more kicks against Vet Vixen or Vert Vixen than I did against Leva Bates, the first match. I got to go back and watch the second one, which I will. But it seems every time you go into the ring, you take something away from it and you add that to your repertoire. I noticed the strikes. Definitely, you got some power behind your strikes, and that comes from jazz. I know that comes from jazz. Um, the- well, it also came from the fact that I was going in there respectful. I was like, this is my Texas sister. We're going to leave the Texas drama behind, even though she's trying to steal my title back home. Like, I was like, put this aside. This is AEW. And you can tell if you watch that match. I came in there respectfully, and she came in like hot off the get-go like as soon as the bell rang she just like came at me and I wasn't expecting that and that was on me um I will get I will give her that she caught me off guard was not expecting that from her so (laughs) that's kind of like she she hit me first like it wasn't even like a like sportsmanship like we're both from Texas we traveled together like there was some animosity behind her hit like she just came at me and I was again was not expecting that so yeah, my strikes, especially at the beginning, were a lot harder than anything you've ever seen because she pissed me off. <laughs> like, I was like, what? Like, I was expecting it to be like a friendly competition type thing. And then all of a sudden she just comes with that blow out of nowhere. I was like, it shook me a little bit. <laughs> you, got the, you got the ponytail a little tighter and you said, okay, let's dance. You want to do that? Let's dance. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was I was literally shook. I was shook. <laughs> so you said she's like trying I, to steal your title back home. So yes, which which and that's and, and if I'm if I'm right in my research and I hope I am because the internet's not always truthful. We know this. It's the PPW Women's Championship, right? That is a fantastic, fantastic looking title, and it does look great yes. draped around your shoulder. So she's trying On to me, steal. Yes. She's trying to steal the title. <laughs> Yes, she is, and well, it's, it's rude. That's uh, it, then. She's never coming on Straight Talk Wrestling, because I literally thank you. will not have that on my show. Uh, that's exactly. We don't have thievery. So like, every time... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you weren't, you weren't expecting that. She came at you with all this fire, but then you ended up turning it yeah. around on her anyway, so it worked in your favor. You going in, yeah. not expecting it to be that way, worked out with that sweet axe kick to the back that dropped her. So it's all good. It's all love. Yeah, to give her the reality check. <laughs> reality check, that's it. And she took it. She took it, and you got the one, two, three. So that's great. Yeah. So what, what is the next steps for Maddie Rinkowski? Where do we go from here? Obviously, we tighten up the training. We want to get more exposure on AEW. But are you open to any other promotion? Because right now, like you said, you're not tied down. If, say, an Impact or a New Japan or an MLW were to call you and say, hey, listen, let's get you over here. Because MLW, they don't have a women's division yet, but they do have some bright spots. So they could be looking. Yeah, I heard they're they're supposed to start before the pandemic, right? Right, but it got stonewalled. But now with, yeah. with, you know, everything going on again, Fusion is back up and running on a weekly basis. Maybe it's about yeah. time that Court Bauer and company get together and we start seeing some ladies in that ring representing MLW. So if that happens, would you be opposed to any options thrown out on the table? Because you are a free agent. You're not tied down. I, 
am a free agent. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, my like Beyonce says, if they like it, then they should have put a ring on it. Right. If they like me so much, let's put it in writing. <laughs> Literally, let's but until that then, exactly. But until then, my options are open. Uh, I love AEW, though. I love the environment. I think the environment is very different than any of the companies thus far uh, that I have even had a glimpse into. Um, I've done a little bit of work for WWE and Impact. Um, but again, there's nothing like the backstage environment at AEW. It is like one, like words, like the way when they started, how they said they were going to be different than other companies. I think that they have held true to that. They're very welcoming. Um, and to be able to have people like Dustin who have been in this business forever, come and be so open and willing to give you advice or ask you if you have any questions and ask how you're doing and to have Eddie Kingston like be be there as a mentor and like allow me to like ask him questions and just talk to him like they are they are superstars but they don't have that superstar mentality they have such love for the business that they are willing to share it, even with people who they don't even know if they're gonna be returning next week, which is incredible. And I think that's really kind of how you tell that AEW has such an incredible roster, that they're so willing to help people, like help people who could be like going for their spots. I mean, I don't know, I'm not a guy obviously. So like, <laughs> so like those guys that I just named like aren't like, oh man, she's gonna steal my spot. So it might be different, but. Uh, <laughs> Even like Layla, like after our match and like every single time that I've been there afterwards, she's been so incredibly nice. She's such an incredible human being. Um, but at the same time, I think that, again, everyone knows that we're there competing, but the fact that she knows that we are competing for a spot on TV or a spot on dark or whatever, like, and she's still that willing to offer advice that she like, situations that she's come across like that's incredible AEW has done a great job at choosing their talent so I would love to be there if they would take me but again <laughs> ain't no ring ain't no ring ain't no thing <laughs> but you know what that's, it's great to hear about that backstage environment it's great to hear that there's that welcoming environment and it's great to hear that uh, the way I look at it is much like the podcast game we either all grow together or we don't grow at all yeah and I mean, don't get me wrong. They all have their contracts. They all have their spots. They're all doing their situations. Eddie Kingston is a, a promo fucking God. So even yes, if I were yes. to sit down and talk with him for five minutes, I'd be like, forget the interview. Just cut a promo on me. Make fun of my hair. Do whatever <laughs> you want to do. Like you're Eddie Kingston. And, and, and it's great yeah. to hear that that's the environment that's there because we hear about all the other organizations. We hear that all the other organizations are very professional and they're all about business. And they all about, they know, okay, this is it. Time, boom, let's go. Boom, boom, boom. And it gets done and it gets done very well. It's a great time to be a fan, but it's also a great time to be a young talent because you're literally able yes. to go back there. You're able to pick the brain of anybody that you want to. You're able to ask the questions and why wouldn't they want to answer? At the end of the day, yeah, their career is in the midst of it or might even be at the tail end of it or might be well past like a Paul Wright who's coming in just to guide and help talent grow. And which is great to yeah. see. 
And then you look at he's huge. Oh, I, I have no doubt. I've, I've never met him in person. <laughs> no, <but he's> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> it's so scary. You just a shadow gets cast over you, and you're like, <laughs> but you know what? It's interesting because when I sit down and I, I think about everything that you're saying, and I think about how great the conversation's been, and I do have a couple more questions, and I'm going to let you go enjoy your evening. It's something that I, I'm quoting now on a regular basis, and I've um, I learned this from Mark Merrill when I sat down with him. He's one of the most positive people that I've ever had a conversation with. And he said, live in moments, not time. So when you're thinking about all these things that you've learned, like the moments that you mentioned, Eddie Kingston sitting down, picking his brain, Leah Hirsch for helping you and, 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 and giving you advice and, and everyone that you've been able to sit down and have a conversation with that backstage environment, those are moments. Those are moments that yeah. make the decision very easy. And at the end of the day, it's not about money. It's not about titles. It's not about prestige. It's not even about TV time. It's about the all-important experience factor. And if you get that experience, you grow. And yeah. I have seen you grow since December of last year when you literally had the biggest debut in dark. That's eight. We're at eight now. I'm going to try to get to 10 before the end of the interview. Um, you had great debuts. You had great matches. You told great stories. And the, the world is your oyster. So my final two questions, and we're going to wrap it up. Um, dream match. I know it's a marked question, but everybody's got a dream match. It could be somebody who's passed on. It could be somebody that you might only be able to face in a video game. It could be somebody that's there now. It could be somebody that you want to pull out of retirement and literally give them the final send-off. That's number nine. We're one away from 10. But do you have a dream match yourself? Um, I mean, I think I always say that I would love to get like beat up by Rhea Ripley. Um, but I think for this, this podcast, I'm going to change it up a little bit. And I think I would like to step into the ring with Enzo Amore, or at least have him cut a promo on me, because he is also one of the main factors why I picked and ran with the real, the reality uh, gimmick. So I like it. And what do we got here? Yeah. Got a cup of hate. <laughs> Cup of haters. Oh shoot! <laughs> yeah. But um, <clears throat> that's a great dream match, and I think inter yeah. intergender wrestling is something that uh, needs to be more in the forefront. I again, I don't think women are second fiddle to men. I think women tell just as great stories as men. I'll be honest with you. In some of the divisions that are out there now, I think the women put in more of the work and have better stories told in the ring than the men do. It was proof in the pudding. Is what we saw last night. That main event was shoot. stellar. Those ladies rocked it. That was a 10-star match. That was literally hands down my favorite episode of Dynamite since the inception. It was the most complete match. Yeah. And I also noticed during that match, and this was my other question, my last question, when MJF was cutting his promo, you and the young lady beside you were very vocal about booing him. And at one point during his promo, I could have sworn he stared down at your side of the ring. Am I right in that? Did he look you two in the eyes when he was cutting his promo a little bit? <laughs> I don't know. Whenever he talks, I kind of just see red. <laughs> I know. I think it was like last week or so when he first like turned on the inner circle, I kept getting like videos sent after dynamite um, of my reaction. And like, it was true. And everyone's like, Oh my God, you're such a fan. And I'm like, yes, I am. That's why I'm here. Like <laughs> he, he's just so arrogant. He is, but he does it so well. Like, he does it so well. Yeah, you yeah. can't hate him. And you, you as well. 
you, you come in very arrogant and confident. I think, I think, you confident. know what? You, you might be literally, oh, there's number 10. You might be literally at the top of the pinnacle. They need a girl in the pinnacle. And I think the pinnacle yeah. could use a little dose of reality. That's what I think. I mean, uh, I also submit my resume. <laughs> submit your resume. I think that I think you qualify. You have qualifications for the job, one hundred percent. And my my, this is actually a question that now I have to ask because you you've made me think of this question. If there's one wrestler who you could sit down uh -huh. with and just have a conversation with, pick their brain for five minutes, who would that wrestler be? I know it's a lot, but if there's somebody that you could sit down and have a cup of coffee with not even five minutes, let's say a cup of coffee and just ask them all the questions you've wanted to, who would that be? I can tell you mine if it makes it easier. Go ahead. Mine is DDP. Who's yours? That's my ultimate dream conversation is to sit down with Diamond Dallas Page and just talk to him. Mm, that's a good one. Um. Funaki recently introduced me to Mako Satamora. Um, I think she would, I would love to pick her brain wrestling wise. Um, but again, Enzo, I think that he just has a way with not like his words, but just the way he connected with people. And I think that is honestly what really sold me on wrestling because he is his annoying self. Like he is who he is. And the first time I ever saw him was the first time NXT made its way to Texas. Um, and I will never forget my brother bought us tickets to the show in Austin, Texas. And um, we went, I cannot even tell you who else was on the card. Um, I'd never seen NXT at that moment. Um, but I vividly remember him and big cast coming out. And I think it, they were in like a, there were two other tag teams in the ring with them. Um, but I only remember him and Cass coming out, him doing his whole spiel. My name is Enzo Amore. And literally that whole little arena, that whole little crowd that was there, everyone was repeating after him. And like, everyone was just like with him. And it wasn't necessarily like, the fact that they were like cheering with him that was like oh so cool it was the fact that he had all of these people like in the palm of his hand like he spoke and they wanted to speak with him and so I'm not saying I like power but it feels pretty dang good to have power <laughs> and I think he had a way he had a way of words and a way to entertain and draw people in because I'm gonna be honest there are a lot of times where I tuned in uh, to Monday Night Raw just to see what he would say, or even when they kicked him to 205 Live, like that has to be one of my favorite things is when he had all of the 205 Live roster outside of the ring and he just sat and insulted each and every one of them knowing full like, well, that they could have like, but, but he still did it and he still like called the, uh, well, Neville like Gollum or something like that and I was like dang and it was kind of true but like dang he could kill you and it was just great and that's why I love him like <laughs> he's gonna say what he has to say and that's how I feel like if someone annoys me that 
you just got to say it and deal with the consequences later, I guess. That's right. Straight talk. And that's that's, how, that's, that's right. how your four-year-old's going to be. So watch out. <laughs> 100%. I agree with it. And <laughs> one day very soon, you will have the whole world eating out of the palm of your hand. And I put my stamp on that. You are now officially a member of the Straight Talk family. Anytime you want to come back, I would absolutely love to have you on the show because much like you here, I am straight up. I am straight truth. I am straight to the point. So Maddie, let everyone in the wonderful world know where they could find you on the social media platforms. Yes, I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all under Maddie underscore Renkowski. That's M-A-D-I underscore W-R-E-N-K-O-W-S-K-I. If you can spell it, you can find it. Um, and on each of those sites in the bio, you can find the link to my merchandise website. Absolutely. Support, support, support. And I'm a glutton for self-promotion, so I'm just going to go ahead and shoot my self-promotion. And who knows, maybe literally when I'm done this episode, that's number 11, I'll get a follow. That would be sweet. That'll be sweet. A little dose of misreality. But on Twitter, I am at underscore straight talk on Instagram and on Facebook. I know Facebook's an old person platform, so we don't have to mention that. Maddie does have a Facebook page too, but she doesn't want to share it because she's young and hip. Uh, Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram and Facebook. And YouTube is Straight Talk Wrestling. And also you can find a link to all of those to my merchandise, which is on Pro Wrestling Tees. Support, 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 because anything I do goes to better equipment and goes to securing fantastic guests like this wonderful young lady (laughs) who is the future of the business. Maddie, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. I appreciate the time you gave me today. And I really mean this when I say it. I can't wait to do it again. I've never laughed so hard during conversation. You are an absolute pleasure. You're a future superstar and you are somebody to definitely keep their eyes on 100%. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. You enjoy the rest of your evening and we will talk very soon. Yes, you as well. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace, not in my lead. You out of place, I'm not at the top, I'm outer space. Can't eat with us, we're out of place, I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're